0: Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the Senior Pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today and I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. We have declared 2024 uh, to be the year where we are going to see the glory of God. This is the year of the glory of God for us at Builders Church in Exodus 16, verse seven, God talking to Moses to tell the children of Israel, he said, go and tell them that in the morning, they shall see the glory of the Lord. Say it after me and say, I shall see the glory of the Lord. Yeah, and I'm encouraging us to maybe if you have not already done so, go and watch the message we preached last week, uh, the 31st of December um any of the two pinoni or delmas uh, maybe go to youtube or what was that other thing podcast um uh, so that we can Catch up quickly, but as you know, um, how we go, I'm going to say quite a lot of things before I start preaching. So, if you have your phone, your notepad, your notebook, your pen, just take it out and just note the following things that I am going to be noting, uh, just to lay a foundation for what we are going to be talking about this morning. Amen. Uh, we, 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 we. You and I, you and I, uh, were not created by God for shame we are not created by god for humility we were not i mean i mean to be humiliated let me put it like that amen Uh, we were not created to be ashamed we were not created for all the negative and the bad things that we are sometimes exposed to but you and i have been created by god for his glory in other words to display his glory or to glorify him. So the good things that God wants to do in and through our lives, it is so that he can be glorified. So we we, we are going to be focusing on the first probably four months uh, of this year, which we call our first time. We are going to be zooming into that to just get to understand What is it that God means when he says he created us for his glory? Remember, the Bible says all of us have sinned. And we have fallen short of the glory of God. So in other words, when God originally created us, there was glory in us. There was glory that he he put on the inside of us. But because of sin, of course, the Bible says, then we fell short of that glory. But we thank God that then God decided to send the Lord Jesus Christ to come and to restore that glory that we have lost. Remember, the Bible says about Jesus, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And what is it that we we have lost? The glory of God is one of those things that we, we have lost. God wants us to display his glory in our families, to display his glory in our communities, in our workplaces, in your calling, in your family, in whatever it is that is happening in your life. God wants his glory to shine forth through each and every one of us. And we we don't want to just browse through it. We want to pause and say, God, what do you mean when you say you have created me for your glory? Why why am I experiencing so much shame and and so much disappointment in my life? Uh, In other words, we need to be revived in in seeking the glory which we, we always had but the enemy just threw things on us just to try and hide that glory that God has given each and every one of us, and that that is what we are going to be focusing on. But in this month of January, we are going to kick things off with the theme, See the Glory see the glory. I mean, we said uh, this is the year where we are declaring we shall see the glory of God. Amen. So the instruction, first of all, is that we must see this glory and how we are going to approach it. It is going to be on the perspective of developing a vision for a glorious life and destiny. Developing a vision for a glorious life and destiny. You know, bazalwane we we now that we, we know that a uh, uh, sin has deprived us of the will of God for us to live glorious lives, we have got to align ourselves with that and say, I am going to do whatever it takes to position myself until the glory of God has been restored fully in my life. I want to live a glorious life like how God has created me for. And I want to reach that glorious destiny that he has set before me. Psalm 73 and verse 24 says the following, you Guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. So for each and every one of us, there is a destiny, not just an ordinary destiny, but a glorious one. A glorious one, one that is filled with all of the plans that God has for us. And it is his desire for us to experience all of that, but our subject this morning, Bazal, you see how how, how long I took to get to our subject this morning. So that's why I said note down those things. I'm not going to repeat them next week anyway. But I just wanted to lay the foundation so that you understand which perspective are we coming from. But our subject this morning, Bazalwane, is what
1: do you see? What do you see? I'm going
0: to ask you one more time to ask your neighbor, what do you see? (laughs) Ezekiel chapter number one and verse number one. Ezekiel chapter number one or Ezekiel, whichever way you want to pronounce it. Amen. Depending on how much you paid for school fees. Yeah, you know yourselves, my people. Now, it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives, as I was among the captives by the river Chebar, that the heavens were opened. And I saw visions of god and i saw visions of god and let's jump to verse number 28 the second part of it says this was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the lord so in other words ezekiel was simply saying these visions that i was seeing They were the likeness of the glory of the Lord. So when I saw it, I fell on my face and I heard a voice of one speaking. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We pray that you may speak to us this morning. We pray that, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, you may grant us the grace to hear you. In the name of Jesus Christ and to understand your word this morning. We give you praise that, oh God, you will also grant us the grace to walk out of this place knowing what is it that we are supposed to go and do. And you are going to grant us the grace, oh God, to apply it in our lives so that it can yield the desired results. We give you praise and we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen and Amen. amen. The glory of God speaks mainly about radiance. In other words, light that God emits from himself, the light that he shines over our lives, over everything that is directly connected to him as God. And it is when we come into contact with the light of the glory of God that we begin to see things clearly, that we begin to have God's perspective when we are looking at ourselves, when we are looking at our situations, when we are looking at different circumstances that we are surrounded with. The the psalmists uh, put it this way in in Psalm 36 verse 9. They say, you know, for with you is the fountain of life and in your light we see light. In your light we, we see light. There is a certain level that God brings you in where he reveals his glory in your life. Not so much so to excite you or anything, but just so that things can become more clearer because it's a very difficult thing in life to live your life, you know, wandering around, not knowing where you are coming from or where you are going, not really knowing what is it that you can hope for or you can expect in your life. But when God calls us into that place of glory. His main aim is so that his light can shine over our lives and this is exactly what also happens when the Lord Jesus Christ came. The book of John chapter number one tells us that that his life was the light of men because his desire is so that he can shine this light over us so that we can begin to see things Clearly, So when the glory of God shines, it, it makes things clearer. We, we see better, we see clearer, we see God for who he is and we begin to see the life that we have in him and and it helps us to to expect certain things from um, this God Now there's a popular scripture that I'm sure we, we, we all know we've had quite a lot of people talk about in, in the book of Proverbs 29 and verse number 18 where the Bible says where there is no vision the people perish and in this year where we are talking about seeing the glory of God, one thing that we must be intentional about is to make sure that we are going to have or we are going to develop a, a vision that is going to help us to experience everything that God has in store for us. Let, let, let me say this, Bazelon. I'm sure uh, by now you have noticed that especially in the, as they say, in the social media streets, that there will be many people who will make jokes who will be mo- mocking the declarations that we sometimes make and 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 of course to a certain extent we we also you know talk about new year's resolutions that we are unable to uh, to to <laughs> experience why it is simply because we we make those declarations rightfully so And as as the church, we say this is the year of this and we make declarations, we say this is my year. But here's the reality. Many of us, we end up not necessarily experiencing um, uh, things, especially in line with those declarations. Why? Because we lack a vision that is going to line up with the declaration that we have made. We make one declaration, but we go the other way in terms of the decisions we are making each and every day, we are not becoming intentional uh, with developing a vision really that is going to talk to whatever it is that you have declared in your life so that even God himself can find it easy to work things in your life so that by the end of this year, you can look back and say, indeed, I have seen the glory of God. So one thing that we are supposed to do for ourselves this year, we, we want to enter into this year with a clear vision. Not just a vision, but a clear vision. We, we have got to be clear in our heads. We have got to be sober-minded. Not, know, uh, not uh, just simply freestyling and just taking one day as it comes. And just to see where things will take us. How many of you have heard uh, people say that statement? And how many of us have actually said, I will see where things take me? And, And if you live your life like that, life will take you anyway. And you will just go with the flow. Even when you are moving towards the wrong direction, you will never know. And you will go with the flow, not knowing where the flow is taking you. So God is very intentional. This is the reason why Proverbs says, where there is no vision, people perish. People perish. We end up perishing not because God wants us to perish, but simply because we have decided not to have the kind of a vision that will help us to experience everything God has in store for us, And when I'm talking vision here, I'm not just talking some random ideas that we came up with and we said, this is a vision for my life. This is a vision that I want to pursue in my life. But I am talking about a, let me call it a supernatural vision that has been revealed by God. And I'm going to explain that in just a moment and how can we even have that kind of a vision. Because many people in life, they claim to have a vision for their lives. And 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 anyone, um, honestly, you can sit down and, and come up with thoughts and ideas uh, that you can adopt as your vision. But the question is, is that vision in line with what God is doing in your life? That's the biggest question. Now, anyone is allowed to dream. I always say this. The difference between a dream and a vision is that a dream is random. Anyone is allowed to dream. When you say, I wish one day I will live in a big house, that's a dream. It's a dream that you have and you are allowed to have one. You, if you say, I, you know, I believe that one day I'm going to be rich. It's great. You, you need to, especially when God begins to do something in your life to excite your heart about certain things, it introduces you to dreams. You, you, you begin to have these thoughts where God shows you a glimpse of what he wants to accomplish through your life. Are we here, Bazalan? Uh, but 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 further to that, you then need to come up with a vision for that dream, and this is where you become now. You move from being random or general. You become specific, to say here's what I I have seen, but here's what I am at adopting in my life and I'm going to be working towards on daily basis so that I see it accomplished in my life. Are we here? And without that kind of a vision, the Bible says we are going to perish and even deeper than that, it says we are going to lack discipline. We are going to be all over the place. We are just going to enter into 2024 with all of the great things that 2024 is pregnant with. We are just going to, be, to end up becoming a jack of all trades and master of none. Why? Because we are tapping into this today. Tomorrow we are letting it go. We're letting it go. We are trying that. I want to challenge somebody. But in the previous years, probably you have explored too many things. This year, decide to be a man or a woman of one thing. And just be locked into it. And work on it each and every day with dedication and commitment until you see it accomplished in your life. Don't change on something simply because you tried it today and it did not work. Because if you are going to be trying everything every month, you are trying a new thing. Let me tell you, by the end of this year, you would have tried 12 things, but you you would have succeeded in none of them. Rather work on one thing for 12 months and see if you are not going to accomplish some form of results in what you have been working on in your life. We have got to... Get the kind of a vision that is going to be very clear, but most importantly, it has got to be in line with what God is doing in our lives. It has got to be in line with the revelation that we have received from God so that we are not going to end up scattered in this year. Now, I love this scripture because even different translations of this verse, they teach us various principles concerning Having a vision in our lives, which is something that is very important. And an emphasis. Many people talk about vision. Churches talk about vision. We put them on the wall. But the last time we entertained the thought of that vision, it is when we wrote it down. <laughs> I always say to people, and and, and let me, I'm sorry, I'm going to make an example with government departments. You walk in a building, you see a banner
1: that's written, our vision. Number one, it's not clear. It's someone's thesis from somewhere.
0: And it's a long sentence that does not make sense. You get lost while you are reading it. As you are reading it, it does not even allow you to see what the person is trying to say, right? Yeah. And second, second to that, you look around in that department. Whatever that they are doing has got nothing to do with what they've written yeah. on the wall. Amen. And yeah, we're just ticking the box that we have a vision. We have a strategic plan. They've got files and and, and documents they call a strategic plan which they are not following. The last time they looked at it was when a consultant dropped it on the table. They paid him. He went off. They have the plan, but they are not implementing it. That's why the results that they are getting are not matching what they've written or they've captured in in those documents. Are we here? And that's why we end up judging ourselves based on someone else's accomplishments as opposed to what is it that I have planned, me Mina, myself, that I said I wanted to accomplish in this year. does not matter whether my friend has bought a car, a house, or whatever the case may be. What is What was my vision for this year? If Pastor Goodwill this year became um, a businessman, an entrepreneur, I'm not going to be moved because that was never my vision. It was his vision. So I'm not going to feel bad about myself because I am looking at what is it that God revealed to me and I am going to say I have done well this year not on the basis of comparing myself to Pastor Goodwill's accomplishments for the year. And that's why we end up competing unnecessarily because we think our success relies on how much I become better than the person next to me. That's why our relationships don't last with our friends because we are competing with them, trying to outdo them in what they have envisioned for their own life. The question is, what is the vision for your own life? Ask the question. What is it that God has revealed to you that you are going to spend 20, because God, the Bible says, time and chance has been given to all. Do you know what's the common ground for all of us? We all have 12 months this year. Whether I am rich, poor, black, white, short, tall, skinny, fat, or whatever, all of us, the common thing is that we all have 12 months this year. We all have 24 hours in a day. We all have seven days in a week. We, we, all, we all have got time and chance. All of us, it has been granted. The Bible says the race is not for the swift. The battle is not for the strong, but time and chance has been given to all of us. All of us. You might have maybe a bigger bank account than me as we begin this year, but one thing you cannot buy for yourself is an extra week this year.
1: The question is, what are we going to do in the next 12 months? In the next
0: 52 weeks, when we are left with 51, what are we going to do? In the next 365 days, what are we going to do? 360 something days, what are we going to do? Every day when you wake up, what is it that you'll be working on and why? Why are you working on what you are working on? What are you trying to achieve? What are you trying to prove? Who are you competing against? As you are running that race, is it your race? Or are you comparing it to someone else next to you? Are you trying to outrun somebody? Or are you just simply running your own race? Let me tell you, in our Christian walk with God, all of us, we have our own lanes. And every lane has its own price.
1: Every lane has its own price. We are not all in a race to run for one price. Your lane has a price at the end. And
0: if you run at the pace that God puts on your lane, you are going to definitely get the price. Even if Pastor Goodwill can run past faster than me, he's running for his own price. I have my own price. And God will determine my pace. So various translations teach us various principles concerning this clear vision that I am talking about. Number one, God is the source of vision. He's the one who will reveal it to us. Take note, through his word, based on the Holy Spirit activated voice. I have deliberately put it like this because when it comes to hearing from God, we Christians, sometimes we miss it. I've had people who will do things claiming they have heard from God, but whatever that they say they have heard, God say, number one, it contradicts the word. God will never speak beyond the limitations or the boundaries of his word. Never. As a matter of fact, I always say this, everything that God wants to say to, to us, he has already said it in his word. Yeah. That's why the Bible puts it this way, that in the times past, God spoke to us through his prophets and, and now he speaks to us through his son. Yeah. Who is his son? His His word. In the beginning, there was the word. The word was with God. Does, not, does that mean there are no prophets today? No, that's not what I mean. But I simply mean that they have, even the prophets themselves, they, they themselves, they speak within the parameters of God's word. As a matter of fact, prophecy becomes easy when it is word-based. We don't have to struggle if it is God who is speaking, if it is filled with the word of God. Number two, it has got to, when you say you have received a vision from God, it has got to be through a voice that is activated by the Holy Spirit. The, the first question is, do you have the relationship with the Holy Spirit who will give you the capacity to hear from God? Because without your relationship with the Holy Spirit, you cannot have the ability or the capacity to hear the voice of God because the Bible says God is spirit. So the first thing that you and I are supposed to ask ourselves, do I have a good relationship with the spirit of God, with the word of God, so that when I come up with a vision for my life, I am going to know for sure that this is not my selfish, carnal ambition, but this is what God is revealing to me and this is what God wants me to spend my time because one thing that vision is going to require of you, it is going to require your time, it is going to require your money, it is going to require your mind, it is going to require sacrifice from you And if you are going to spend all of those things for a vision that is not from God, you would have wasted your time, your gift, your resources, your sacrifices. But only when you know for sure that this is of God, then you throw everything into it because you know that results are guaranteed. Because this is what God said you must do even if it means you have got to die for it, you will die for it. Why? Because this is what God said, you must do one thing that kept Jesus going. It is that from day one, he knew that he came to die. That's why even when the enemy intimidated him concerning his calling, he said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Even if it meant the will of God was for him to go to the cross. So what is it that when you have got to spend your last thousand rents for? What is it that you are so convinced of that it
1: is from God that you are going to be spending your all in it? Your life. Hmm. Your resources. That even when I say for
0: now, I am willing to lose everything that I have for the sake of this vision. Because I know that it comes from God. Listen to what the easy English translation, how it puts it. It says, if people do not hear God's message, there is no law to control them. You see, that's why I said, if there's no vision, then you let discipline. You are all over the place. There's nothing because vision is there to control you, to create boundaries for you, to say you, you, you are meant to run in this lane. You are meant to go this way. You are meant to do this and not that. That even though other people are doing certain things and they are good and they are producing results. Have you ever seen, let me put it even this way. I'm going to sound a bit controversial with this. Have you ever Uh, uh, been in a space where somebody started selling something and it was working for them. And all of a sudden you thought, "Mm, (laughs) hmm, maybe if I can sell shoes and fly out to China because so and so is making money, that's how I'm also going to make money. And you end up flying, you bring back Lots and lots of shoes. They're stock full of bags. And you realize, it was never your vision. Because number one, you don't like selling. (laughs) You don't even like people. And I mean, people who can sell, they love people because they are not just selling shoes. They are building relationships with people. I mean before he even talks about shoes they're in a conversation with you for 30 minutes by the time they say I am actually here to say you have already bought their shoes before they've shown you the shoes why because of how they connected with you so that's why you must not worry yourself about what someone else has seen as their vision let them pursue it but be disciplined let your vision create a law to control you. Yeah. That's why I said your your vision will cost you. Your vision will, will, will require you to be a disciplined person, to know your boundaries. That's why I always tell people, and I've seen it in my life, I've tried it before. And until I accepted and I said, I, I, I'm not a businessman. I'm not an entrepreneur. I am a pastor. I'm called to build a church. I'm called to lead churches. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to frustrate myself with any other thing. I've got friends who are doing well in various things. But I said to myself and I said to God, I am done trying to, to, to fast track the process that God wants to take me through because I'm seeing someone else prospering. in what, they, And I don't know what is it that God has been doing. In their lives to prepare them, what processes did he take them through for them to be yielding those kind of results? And it's witchcraft if you want to achieve someone else's results overnight that it took them years to develop and to it's witchcraft, that's witchcraft, it's witchcraft, Paul, it's witchcraft. You, you remember the conversation I took you through when we were driving back yesterday? I took you through my process, my life. Where? And you, you asked me a, qu- a key question. You said, and Funis, you were around our age when that was happening. And I liked that question. Because indirectly, I was trying to say to you, do not try to be where I am. Amen.
1: From where? Because where you are is where I used to be. And I said to you
0: 20 years ago, I said to you 20 years ago, I said 20 years ago, all of these things that I told you, that's what God was doing. And all of those things brought me to where I am today. And if you are going to think overnight, you are just going to leap and be where I am, you are going to kill yourself. You are going to kill yourself. Many people, you listen. It's witchcraft. You don't know how many, how many. <laughs> you, you don't know how, how how many floors I slept on. <laughs> before I could have a house on my, you don't know how many taxis I took before I could have a car. I was telling them how I used to come to Deb and take a bus overnight. From Joburg to Deben overnight, be here the whole day only to take a bus back to Joburg. Before I could take flights. Today it's flights every every week, every uh, hiring cars, then and uh, hotels and whatever. Uh, but 20 years ago, it was not like that. It was it was a bus. I mean, It was uh, sleeping in the bu- and that thing when it moves like this. You're not going to sleep, especially when you're on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to have 48 hours of not sleeping comfortably. Why? I was working on what God was showing me. And, And at some point, I tried to be cool because, you know, people were talking tenders. They were talking contracts. They were talking. I tried to participate in that space. It frustrated the hell out of me. Until God asked me, what are you doing? You are are not a businessman. I have called you to preach the gospel. And as soon as I accepted that, that I will always pray for my friends who are doing that. I will cheer them on. It's there. But as for me, me, I'm called for church. And I'm comfortable in that. I am comfortable in the shame. I'm not, a, you know, there was a time I decided I'm never, ever going to look for a job ever again in my life. Threw away my CV, deleted everything, every certificate I have because I'm not going to need it any, ever again. I'm called for church. What did Elisha do when he was called by Elijah? He bent everything to say as a sign that I'm not returning to, my, to that life ever again. And when people see us today, they think it happened overnight. That's witchcraft. That's why other people will rob people. Will, they will do certain because they're trying to get to some place of success without the process. Be comfortable. Allow God to reveal it to you. Let what you are hearing from him create boundaries for you. Let it be a law that is going to control you. Jacob, you can't do this. Jacob, you have got to pray every morning. That's you. Because of what I have called you for. Every morning you wake up, you pray. Every morning you wake up, you read the word. Every morning you spend so much hours. You are going to write. You are going to, I mean, years of being disciplined. I always tell people today, I don't struggle to prepare messages. I can preach for this whole week. I can stand there and preach for this whole week. Forget about the notes even. I can be talking this whole week. Why? There were years of sleepless nights when everybody was sleeping. I had to be sitting in front, typing notes that I, am, I, don't, I did not even have a church then. I was not a pastor. Interpreting the whole chapter of the Bible in Greek and Hebrew. Studying it from there, line upon line, doing word studies for each and every word that appears in that book. Not knowing what am I going to do. I've got handwritten notes, files and files of them, not knowing what am I going to use these things for. But the vision was burning. The vision was burning. The vision was burning. Today, all I have to do is to think. That's all I have to do. I said, Lord, give me a message. And God says, you remember one, two, three, and four. And the good thing is I will remember the color of the file. I will remember the page. I will remember where it is. I will go and grab it and begin to, oh, yes, this message that God is talking about. That's why I always tell people every message I've ever preached is written down somewhere. Allow God to take you through your own journey. Let these things, if you are a vision person and you think you are not going to have boundaries, you are just going to be freestyle. You are everywhere. You are going that Hey, 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 you apply. I'm a prison warder. You are there. Wow. Wow. And, 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 and because they declined your application, next week you hear, hey, teachers are wanted. Hey, I'm, I'm there. I mean, that's, that, that's a life that lacks vision. That's why we end up wasting years of seeking for opportunities. That's why if a person says, I'm looking for, I say to them, but what do you want about your life? What's that one thing that you want to do? David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord. One thing, one thing. So what is that one thing that when today God can come? Look, Solomon, right? God comes. Solomon, anything that you want. Ask, I'm going to do it for you. You did not hear Solomon say, God, give me a chance. Let me go and pray and fast. Then I'll come back. No, he says, give me wisdom. Peace. This man was ready. And God says, oh, you have asked for the right thing. You know what, Solomon? I'm not just going to give you wisdom. I'm even going to give you riches. I'm going to give you silver and gold because you've asked for exactly what I've put in you. So what what is that one thing? That you are going to stand. That's why the Bible says, even when the spirit of the ruler rises up against the question is, what is that place, that position? Babu Zemela used to say, be locked into your vision. Be locked into your vision. Stay with it. Even if it's not working, stay with it. Believe in it so much because it is a Ramah word. This is what God has said. It is God's message to him. And it has created a law to control me. It tells me what to eat. Tells me where to go. It tells me who am I going to become friends with. Because there are certain visions which are not friendly for certain relationships. There are certain friends that all I can do is to greet them, send them a message. I'll not sit down and have coffee with you. Cause you are not, you are not friendly, We are not a bad person, but my, my vision is. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. But but my vision might die if I can just sit and spend two hours with you. You are going to intoxicate my vision so much that I will stop pursuing it. Because there are people who are so good with impartation that will talk you out of your vision. My wife normally says, impartation does not ask for permission. Yeah. Have you ever found yourself spending two hours with your friend and then an hour later you begin to talk like them, like your gestures, your, you sound like them and you almost want to say, hey, 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 hey. hey Pumagim. Uh, why? It's impartation. It, you begin to talk like them. You, uh, you, <coughs> for those of us who are married, yeah. Yeah. when your wife visits home, yeah. first day when she comes back, you begin to hear then. This is not my wife talking. <laughs> she, this is this is this is her sister speaking. <laughs> this <laughs> definitely not my wife. <laughs> definitely not my wife. What happened? Impartation. You know, sometimes I'm going to see, see, the light. That's not. That's not my wife. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what? Since when? So be careful. Your your vision must become a law to control you. And and here's the the amplified version. Puts it this way: Where there is no vision, no revelation of God and His Word. Can you link what you are pursuing to the word
1: of God? Let me put it this way. Do you have a word for it? Yeah, you are saying to me, here, yeah, but it's business. So, yeah, but do
0: you have a word for it? What's the scripture that God revealed to you when you started that business? Because that's the key to your prosperity of how that business is going to prosper. What did God, that's your mandate.
1: Yeah.
0: See, why why am I so obsessed with building? Because when God spoke to me, he said, build me a house. Mm. So for me to understand this vision better, I have got to look at the language of building. The language of building. It makes the vision clearer to me. The more I look into buildings in the Bible, what God said to build us, Everybody, that's why Ezra, Nehemiah, Solomon, Moses, those are my people. Why? They were builders. So I understand the vision better when I listen to those conversations that God was saying to builders. So the question is, what is the revelation of God and His word in what you are pursuing? God is so relevant in our lives. I'm going to say something else controversial. If God is not saying anything about what you are currently doing, chances are you are going with the flow. Because anything you are involved in, God is going to speak into. God is well vested in what you are doing. What he has called you for, he will always be talking. you will always be talking. If there's no revelation around what you're doing, chances are what you're doing has no God in it. You are
1: minding your own business. He's minding his own business. He says, I'll meet you on the other side. i from this man. I'm called for business. Okay, you're called for business. What is it that God? said to you about your business? What is it that he is currently saying about your business? If you're saying he's saying nothing, do you mean God is not interested in the success of your business? That can be true. That can be true. Number two, vision is given for divine guidance. It
0: helps us to pursue our destiny with clear direction. The New Living Translation, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild.
1: (laughs) This scripture reminded me of Cain. After he kills his brother. The Bible
0: says, God comes, passes a judgment on him, a curse, if you want to call it that. He says, you, as from today, you are going to be a fugitive and a vagabond. Fugitive. Somebody who is running away from captivity.
1: Right? Vision captures you. When you are running
0: away from it, you are regarded as a fugitive. But at that point, it was God who was saying, because you did not operate in your calling, now it's me who's going to cause you to be a fugitive. Two, he says, you are going to be a
1: vagabond. A wanderer. In other words, you are just going to be wandering around aimlessly
0: with no purpose, with no destiny. And I like how Cain responds. He says to God, my punishment is too great, is too big, because I'll be wandering around until somebody kills me. And then God says, no, actually, they are not even going to kill you. I'm going to protect you from anyone who's going to kill you because I want you to keep on being a fugitive and a vagabond for the rest of your life. And, and in this year, you don't want to continue in this year being a vagabond, just wandering around. Just, you are spread all over the place. You, you can't be located. Even when God wants to deal with you, He can't locate you. Because you're in every place. You're everywhere. The question is, that's why when God put Adam in the, in the, in the garden of Eden, the Bible says they were in the east, towards the east of the, of the garden, right? And God asks him, where are you? If God was not concerned about Adam's location, he was going to find him anywhere, anyway. But he was trying to say, man, you have moved from where I have put you. Where, when I deal with you, I'm supposed to find you. Why have you moved? Where are you? So vision becomes your divine guidance. It guides your life. You, you make decisions based on, here's what God has said
1: to me. One thing I know for sure in my life, that I will never move to Cape Town. I will never move to Cape Town. Why? Vision.
0: Yeah. Vision. Vision now is Delmas, Pinoni, Hillcrest. That's where divine guidance. In other words, Jacob, every decision you make has got to be here because this is where vision dictates. It controls me to be here. It controls me to be here. So in other words, I don't wake up with a good idea. Wow, Cape Town is beautiful. I mean, I was there now in December, beautiful place. Man, I love Cape Town. but That does not mean, especially now, here's the thing. Many of us, you can stay where you are because you don't have the means of, of moving. But, but some of us, if you were to have the means right now, you would be in America tomorrow. Can it be sometimes God limits resources in our lives so that we don't move outside of his will? Can it be that God is just simply waiting for you to be settled in your calling and vision first before he can give you resources that will make you run wild? It says when people do not accept divine guidance, what do they do? They run wild. They, today they are there, today they are to, tomorrow there. Uh, have you ever seen somebody that when they did not have a car, they used to stay at home. They used to be always on, they, but as soon as they bought a car, oh Lord, you, 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 when you woke up, they were in Johannesburg. Late in the afternoon, you call them, all of a sudden, they are in Durban. What happened? What business do you have? It's because I have the means to go there. (laughs) Vision helps with divine. It becomes something that God uses to guide your movements. Why why I will not sit in a restaurant sitting with tenderpreneurs with meetings trying to look into ventures of this and that? Because my vision does not extend to that. If somebody says, eh, manje, you know, I have this idea we can make money or whatever," divine guidance from vision says, "Man, I know somebody that you can talk to. Maybe you and him can put some things together."
1: But that's for me. You just leave me out of it. I'm, I'm just I'm just, a normal, I'm just a preacher. Give me a microphone. Just give
0: me a microphone. Just give me a church to lead. Just give me just anything that has got church. Somebody once said to me, you know, they came and, and I had just written a book. Um, I can't remember which one. They said to me, how about we make this book secular and we take out the scriptures
1: because the principles in this book are powerful. I said to him, listen, my friend, I am called to write to the church. That's my primary calling. I'll be missing call. Other pastors are
0: doing it. Look at how they, I said, other pastors. I am Jacob Msipa. I know what God has said to me about the books. He said to me, write books to restore doctrine to the church. Not to entertain people outside. If they do that out of my books, praise God. But my number one client, if I may call it that, is the church. Restore doctrine. That's it.
1: And how do I restore doctrine without the word? Divine guidance. Divine guidance. I don't even have to go to the mountain for 40 days
0: and 40 nights. Vision tells me what I can and cannot do. Vision tells me what I can and cannot do. Vision tells me what I can and cannot do. do. My, 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 my kids always fight with me, or not fight, but we always have these conversations. Dad, can you drive this kind of a car? I say, no. <laughs> but why? I, I know me. I know my vision. I know what, and my wife is excited about this car. Oh, he, you know, when she sees it, that's my car, whatever. Me? Me? I want my bus. Give me my caravel anytime. I'm good. Me,
1: Bentley. Me, Bentley. Me, Austin Martin. No.
0: That's not me. Lambo, Lamborghini. I love it for you, Paul. It looks good on you. Me, Lambo, I'll never drive
1: that. How this is a great car? It is, I agree. Not for me. Not for the vision. Even if I can afford. Even if I can afford to have a Lambo, I will never buy it. Never. Hamfund is what if one day when you are old? No.
0: It will still be me. There are other cars that I can have the same kind of experience. So, I said, I even said, we had this conversation with my daughter two two
1: days ago, I think. I even said, I don't like the kind of car that when I pass, Haze will turn. That's not me. I don't like attention. Vrpa! No! Why? I don't like attention. I don't like attention,
0: really. If the, the more you know, the sooner you forget about my presence in the room, the better.
1: So, can you imagine I'm
0: driving a car that will cause people to be like, hey, I want to buy more and they wait for me until I stop, until I jump out of the car. You and they are looking at me. Oh my goodness! Oh Lord Jesus! And and I have to approach. Can you imagine if I'm going to preach in a church and I'm going there for the first time? And I'm in a Lambo and I'm jumping and they're like, hey, who's there? And it's me. And I'm still going, oh Lord. <laughs> Jesus, oh my goodness. I love to be discreet. Oh, Jesus. My God. And, and, and I have friends who love those things. I am happy for them and I encourage them. As a matter of fact, some of my friends, they ask for my opinion when they have to buy a car. And I tell them, my friend, this kind of a car will look good on you. And I'm setting them up because I won't drive that. So I love it for them. So that I can, I can just go with them. I'm Like, ah, oh, wow. hey. And so that I, I'm always on the bus. If If they let me drive the car, when we stop and people are looking at me, I'm like, it's his car. It's his car, not mine. It's his car. Number three, let me close. Vision is prophetic. Even though it speaks now, but it is for the future. It will will edify you now. It will comfort you now. When you feel discouraged, you go back to the vision. And that's why Habakkuk says, even though it delays, but it will speak. In other words, vision will speak to you. Vision will tell you, Jacob, it's not a time to give up. When I'm discouraged and I'm looking like as if, you know, this thing is not going to work at any point in time, vision will keep on telling me, keep going. Oh, keep going, keep going. If, if I'm frustrated by anything that is not working out, vision will say, look at me when I am perfect. Look at me when we are in the future. You and I, we are still going to do great things together. Vision will comfort me. Vision will edify me. Vision is prophetic in its nature. It will speak vision will allow you to have something to go to when you are down. When you are discouraged, because when you read those words again, you're like, oh, wow, I had forgotten about what we, we were promised, you know. Because when you are in the presence of God and when God is speaking to you, it gets exciting. As a matter of fact, you think it's going to be fulfilled tomorrow. But then it delays. But when you are frustrated, you go back to it. And it is definitely going to speak to you. It has to be a prophetic vision. Vision is not man-centered. It is directly connected to what God is doing in your life in your family, in your calling. I've already said quite a lot around that. If people can't see what God is doing in the message translation, they stumble all over themselves. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. It's not about what you want to do. It's not about what you are doing. It is about what God is doing in your life. So, Mzalwan, as I am asking in this year, 2024, let me ask you a question. What is it that God is busy doing in your life? And the vision that you are pursuing is Is it in line with what God is doing in your life? You have got to first know, what is it that God is doing in my life? I have to trace the hand of God in my life. What kind of a project is he working on in my life? And whatever that I am pursuing, is it in line with what God is currently doing? Is the decisions I am making, are they fighting against what God is doing or is it in line with what God is doing? Because many of us, the decisions we are making, The decisions we are making are fighting against what God is doing in our life. God is trying to do this. We are trying to pull the other way because we don't want things to line up. So vision is not man-centered. It has got nothing to do with me and what I want to do. You know, um, um, I want to do one, two, three, and four. Okay, I hear you. But what is it that God is doing in your life? If you can answer that, then we can talk about your vision.
1: After that, God speaks to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, I've called you to be a prophet to the nations.
0: You are going to do this. You are going to do that. Jeremiah says, oh, you cannot say that. I'm still young. I'm still young. I don't even know how to. God says, don't say you, you are a youth man. Called you for great things. And, and in invest in number 10, God says, see, he says. See, he says, I have this day set you over the nations. This is God talking. At that moment, Jeremiah is not over the nations. Jeremiah is not doing anything great. But God at that point, he starts by saying, see. (laughs) I have set you over the nations. In other words, Jeremiah, before you are over the nations, you need to see it first. You need to see it first. Before you can be making millions in your business, you need to see it first. Before you can be promoted to the higher levels in your career, you have got to see it through the eyes of God. As God opens your eyes, you have got to be looking at it. You have got to be envisioning it. And God says, see I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. In verse number 11, I love this scripture with every fiber of my being. And God says to him, uh, the Bible says, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? In other words, each time God talks to us, he is more interested in what is it that you are envisioning. As he is talking to you, what kind of picture are you drawing to yourself that's why Habakkuk says I will set myself on the rampart he says and I will watch to see what he is going to say to me I am going to watch to see what he is going to say to me as God is talking to you this year as God has begun to talk to you now what is it that you are seeing I know in the past you have experienced maybe shame maybe failure maybe disappointment but at this moment as God is talking to you what is it that you are seeing can you see your faith Can you see your prosperity? Can you see your blessing? Can you see your breakthrough? Because unless you see it, It will not come to pass. That's why when Jeremiah says, I've seen the branch of an almond tree, God says, you have seen well because I am getting ready to perform my word. For God to perform his word in our lives, to fulfill our vision, we have got to see what he's trying to show us. As God is revealing your future, he's revealing your destiny. All that He is interested in is what do you see? Many of us, we are at a place where we don't like what we are surrounded with. We don't like what we have experienced up to so far. Maybe we are not satisfied with where we are in, our lives but the question is are you looking at what you do not like around you or are you looking at what God has placed in front of you are you focusing on your failures your shortcomings what you couldn't do in the past or are you focusing on what God is showing you you know some people when they talk about glory days they are talking about days when things used to happen in your life but according to God your glory days are ahead of you your glory days are right in front of you as from today you you God is ordering your steps and He is taking you closer and closer towards your glory days. This year, your paths will shine brighter and brighter unto a perfect year, unto a glorious year. Whether the devil likes it or not, I am surrounded maybe with disappointment, I am surrounded with pain, I am surrounded with failure, but one thing that I know for sure, there is a vision in front of me, there is a vision that is unfolding, there is a vision that I am fixing my eyes on. Like Ezekiel, yes, all of us, we are by the rivers of Babylon. All of us, we are in captivity. All of us, we are imprisoned in a place where we cannot fulfill anything. But I am not going to sit down and weep like those where the Bible says, by the rivers of Babylon. Hey. There we sat down and there we wept when we remembered Zion. But like Ezekiel who was next to the same river, the Bible says he focused on the heavens and the heavens were opened over his life and he saw the visions of God. The question is, what is it that you are seeing? Are you seeing your small vision last year? Are you seeing your small accomplishments last year? And are you comparing them to what God wants to do in your life? Tell yourself that as I'm entering into 2024, I am focusing on the visions of God. Vision for my life. I am going to focus. Maybe I am going to be a stranger to some of the people. Tell them, send them a text message. No, 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 bad feelings. I have nothing against you. I am looking at the visions of God. That The vision for my life currently is, is just is separating me. It is putting me in a different place. This year in 2024, see the glory that is ahead of you. See the vision that God is revealing before your eyes. Tell yourself God, show me the vision concerning my marriage. I don't want my family and my marriage to be like anybody else. I don't want to compare it to that what is happening next door. I need a vision for my family, where, where do I want to find myself at the end of this year? In as far as my marriage is concerned, here's the mistake that we do: we are too quick to develop visions when it comes to our careers and our businesses. But the question is, what What about the vision for your life? What about the vision for your marriage? What about the vision for your finances? What about the vision for your children? What 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 kind? What, what, what are you envisioning to see? That at the end of this year, I want to find myself at this place. In as far as my marriage is concerned, I want to love my wife better. I want, to love my, I want to love my husband better. I want to be more respecting and more understanding this year. It's vision. It's vision. It's vision. If you are single, for an example, what kind of a single person do you want to be? How do you want to carry yourself? Or are you just aimless? You are taking anything that, that comes. When somebody interesting shows up, you don't consider the vision. You just say, he's good looking. He's cute. And and I'm singing. And they are singing. and, And they are available and I'm available. Why don't we start dating? The question is, what's the vision? Let's see where it takes us, they say. But the question is, what's the vision? What's the vision? What, what kind of a person, what kind of a man is compatible to what God is doing in your life? Because the devil knows how to send somebody whose assignment is to kill what God is doing in your life. God, The devil is able to send somebody that whose assignment is to come and sabotage what God... Sometimes the devil will not send you demons, but sometimes the devil will send you a Christian brother who's just not committed as you are who is not praying as you are who is not generous as you are who is not committed? all that they are assigned to do is to come and pour water on the fire that has already started burning at the beginning of the year you were desiring god more you were desiring the presence of god your vision was i want to pray more i want to get closer to god and the devil will be saying to the demons did you hear did you hear he wants to get closer to god and all that they have to do is to send a carnal christian to be your friend this year the one that when you are planning to go to church on Sunday they plan to take you out to an expensive restaurant that you've never been yes you are sitting having an early lunch brunch a signature but the devil is pouring water on your fire jacob did not lose his birthright At the altar of the devil, a cup of soup. Cup of soup cost him his birthright. I mean, what's the other guy? Esau. Esau. Cup of soup.
1: Cup of soup. He was hungry.
0: Check your appetite this year. What are you hungry for? What are you so desperate for? What, what, What is it that you are so desperate for that if the devil can offer it to you, You wouldn't think twice. Let's stand on our feet, please. What do you see? What do you see? Lord, I want to see the visions. I want to be about your visions for my life, for my family, for my calling. For the assignment that you have for my life. I want to be
1: about the calling, oh God, that you have for my life. I want to be about that.
0: I want to be about cultivating just the soil and the ground of what you have called before. I want to take things to the next level. And it is my prayer as your servant over these, your people. Open their eyes. Let them see the visions of God. Let them see what you are busy doing so that we cannot work against what you are doing. So that we cannot fight it off, so that we cannot sabotage it, so that we cannot delay
1: it. Help us, oh God, in the name of Jesus to know that this is what you have created us for.
0: Help us not to have excuses Like Jeremiah, who said he was too young. He couldn't speak. Moses, oh God, said the same thing. Found excuses when you called them. Father, we pray this year, insist of pulling us out of things that are moving us away from your calling and assignment. Help us, oh God, to be more connected to the things that you have even linked our success and prosperity to. Help us not to chase success and prosperity, but help us to chase vision. For we know that when we chase the vision that you have set, success and prosperity will follow us. For you said in your word, if we seek first your kingdom, all else will be added unto us. We rebuke the spirit of fear. We rebuke the spirit of doubt, the spirit of confusion, the spirit of anxiety causing us, oh God, to panic simply because things are not coming together. This year, we want to trust you more. We want to just depend on you more with what you are doing in our lives. Lord, help us not to be afraid of the process. Protect us from people who are well-spoken, people who are also the so-called Christians who will talk us out of the calling and the assignment and the vision because it seems like they have better plans for our lives. And it is you who said, You have got good plans for us. Plans to prosper us, to give us a future and a hope and an expected end. Help us to see that, Lord, that even though things are not working out today, but we know that one thing is for sure. You have got good plans for us. You have got good plans for us. And we commit this year into your hands. We say, Father, even as you open our eyes, we are going back to our vision boards and we are going to locate your voice. And even if it means changing certain things, oh God, that were never yours from the first place. Because Habakkuk said, I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I will do when I am corrected. Therefore, Father, visions that we came up with that were no longer yours, they were not from you, we started pursuing them. Father, grant us the grace that as you correct us, we will respond accordingly. Jesus said, doing your will was his food, was his provision. And that's us this year. We want to do your will so that provision will come. Father, we thank you We bless you for the grace to end relationships that are not good for the vision that
1: you have imparted in us. No matter how far deep they have gone. Some of us, maybe we've been seeing promises of marriage in the process. But Lord, if you speak to
0: us, correcting us, we will obey. Because that
1: relationship is not Worth the vision that you have given to us. We thank you. We honor you. We honor you with our lives. All to the glory of your
0: name. We want to glorify you through our lives, through the decisions we make. All to the glory of your name. Just take 30 seconds right now and begin to pray. Right in this atmosphere, under this anointing. Shando resite lebesko plagro ketole le vrate salemande Manzo di baletaro de beske libaro de balkeno de so de belo tero do boye plagre katore daie. Menzendile mesko mbrako le brako pelle vrate zige ze de belkene daro li sale brate. Zadebalo terri di bicu plagro che faro de belcheri di bisusche zè de Belke. menzè de beletere de belcheri di bicu plagro che palo vrede besse de Belka. manzè de beletere de belchen dirado belcaro de basse de beletere de Beyanda. Manzo de Calpana far belateri di Bicu brake pal evrado beletere dele brako paradala Manze de beletere di Bicu plag capare de belcheri di biato zete beletere de Manze de beletere de belkenne de berkeli baro de fal baradabaske plag de caparodeia Zade balotere de belcheri di fisa jose de belcedere de beato re de, de beata Manze de peletere de belke mando rende le plagre katore de belcheri di biata manze de le beco plagre caparo de berke literi di biabro capar vater de beya manze de lebe beco plagre talo dere di se jise de belcheri de beyata father we give you praise lord we thank you lord we bless your name master in the name of jesus not our will but yours be done not our will but yours be done Not our will, but yours be done. Not our will, but yours be done, O God. Not our vision, but your vision. Not our assignments, but your assignments, O God. Not our callings, but your calling, O God. In the name of Jesus Christ O oh Father let everything that needs to fall off begin to fall off O oh God so that you can be glorified O oh God, through our lives in the name of Jesus Christ O oh God. Zedebele Tergilatore de Belkeri di Biata, Zalebraco paro de Velbera de Besco Plago de Cetoreda, Zelebraco pero de Ferbera de Sagez de Belkeriata. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We want to see your glory. We want to see the visions of God, the visions of your glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.